Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thursday, December 2nd. My goodness, where does the time go? Uh, but we are in the shopping season. Happy holidays to all of you out there. Why not do a little holiday shopping? And here's where I'm getting with this. We're out of the station today. Normally, they don't let us out. We normally are captive in the station. So we couldn't get in for they 18 months. They keep us months. caged in, man. Yeah. I don't know what was up with that. For 18 months, we couldn't get in, and now we don't get out too often. But we're out today. 3800 Hillsboro Pike. We are at this brand-new T-Mobile store right across from Green Hills Mall on Hillsboro Road. Um, Pie Town Tacos is serving lunch outside in the parking lot uh, until 4 o'clock today. So late lunch, you can grab that here. Uh, 3HL is going to be here from 3 to 6, so you can come by and see them as well. And here's the thing. Maybe you got that hard to buy for a person, or you got the person you just don't know what to get them. There's all kinds of great gift ideas here at T-Mobile. Everybody loves technology now. That's the way to go. Uh, there's giveaways. There's all kinds of stuff going on. There's tons of awesome deals from our friends at T-Mobile, your hometown network. Again, celebrate the holidays with us today. We'll be here tomorrow as well from 1 to 6, Blaine and Mickey and 3HL. Uh, T-Mobile, 3800 Hillsboro Pike. Also, our friends at T-Mobile, a big part of our Salvation Army's Forgotten Angels uh, toy field that we're going to be doing next Tuesday. If you've already got your toy, uh, failed to mention this earlier, we actually have a collection box here. So if you're in Green Hills, you want to go ahead and contribute to Toy Field, which you guys and gals, you take such fantastic care of us every year, and then we give those toys to a bunch of kids who just they get to wake up and have a fantastic Christmas because of you. You can drop the toys right here today. So come by and do that again uh Toy Field is next Tuesday, but you can go ahead and drop off your uh, unwrapped toy today or a gift for a senior thanks to uh, T-Mobile, Planet Fitness, and uh, Freedom Boat Club of Nashville. Blaine, always nice to be out in public, and that's a cool store, and there's all kinds of cool stuff in here. Yeah, no doubt about it. From Samsung to Apple, you name it, they got it. Google, they have it here at T-Mobile. But uh, I think we have a caller on, call, on line one, uh, Mickey. Uh, so let's, uh, you know, let's get back into the groove in hour two. Oh. Of the caller, no? Uh, no, this is one of the best kind of calls. It looks like this is your life, Blaine Bishop. Mike from Nashville thinks you two might have had the same agent? Mike, you oh. got to get in here and explain oh. this. Oh, Jim Steiner? Yeah, uh, Blaine, I was, uh, when I came out of Vanderbilt in uh, 77 or 78, mm -hmm. I think <laughs> he was just starting in the business, and so we had the same agent. I didn't, I didn't play as long as you did, but... Uh, uh, it's always good to hear your knowledge and uh, your honesty about players, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, Jim Steiner, man, because they were honest with me, and I think that's how a lot of these guys need to make their decisions when you're talking about an agent. They told me I was a mid-round guy. I could think all day that I wanted to be a first-rounder. I wanted to be, but was I? Uh, and he had Jerry Rice and some other clients, so I was a little nervous that he had high-profile players at the time and then, how would he, you know, address me, who I was a middle-round guy going into the draft and ended up slipping to, you know, the last round. So, yeah, he was great, yeah, he, man. We still keep in touch he, today, man, so I appreciate it. He was – well, good. Well, well great. I'm, uh, I'm glad, and uh, he, uh, he was a good guy, and I, I, I enjoyed our, our time together, that's for sure. Hey, Mike, hey, Mike, we got to ask you, hey, are you still there? Yeah, so I'm here. Where, so what was your what happened with you? How did you did you wind up getting drafted? Where did you play? You got to give us the info on that, man. Oh, uh, I was a free agent with uh, Kansas City. Yeah, and uh, made it uh, made it all the way to the last cut and got cut. So he cool. called. I called him. He said, "You want to go to Canada?" I said, "No, if I can't play in the NFL, I don't want to play anywhere." So 
I just huh? went and got a job. Well, you we got that Vandy education to fall back on. Not a terrible thing. Huh? Uh, amen, amen, brother. It opened a lot of doors, that's for sure. Mike, that's a great call. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thanks for sharing. too on that. Yeah, yeah. And which is always guys. a tough, tough a decision. decision. Thank Appreciate you. you. Yeah, tough yeah. decision for a lot of guys. You too, oh, buddy. Yeah. You too. Uh, tough decisions when you get cut, you know, to make that decision. Remember, I said that's what I would have done. I would have been like, it's over. Yeah. Uh, move on. Because then if not, you're delaying the process and you're always fighting an uphill battle, whether you're on the practice squad or the last guy on the roster is worrying about getting cut and then bouncing around a team, the team, the team. That just kind of wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted to, to be a part of. And uh, I said it during that time. And fortunately, me, uh, right place, right time. And uh, some guys got hurt. And then next thing you know, I'm moving up to totem pole <laughs> on a depth chart. For people who listen to this show, I always ask you questions about it, so I've, I've essentially made you tell all the, these different stories about about your career along the way, but you bring this up all the time. There are a bunch of guys out there who were good enough to play. They wind up on the wrong team, wrong chance, wrong system, or get got, hurt. Got injured. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. injured. Yeah. There, are, there are just guys who just, like you said, right place, right time, and for you, it was doing something different than you'd ever even done. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That was part of being in the right place at the right time was Buddy Ryan basically tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, big dog, this is it. This is what you got to do. Yeah, man, it was, it was <laughs> I was playing corner and nickel the whole time. And then next thing you know, we had like two or three guys. They're like ACL, Patella 10. My man Marcus Robinson tore his uh, Patella 10 at the time, or ACL. And, and, I was, and he had just come off an all-pro, and this is my rookie year. He had been in the league two or three years already. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, man, really? Uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to teach you all these different things. And you have the acumen and, uh, you know, aggressive nature. You can do it. We'll, we'll be fine. You'll be fine. And next thing you know, I'm out there, man, and I'm, <laughs> I'm loving it. I was loving it. I had to learn to love it. But uh, learn that, that 46 was, was tough. That was all new to me. So I put in a lot of work, uh, you know, being able to uh, read offensive linemen and their keys and reads uh, to be successful in that system. So, yeah, it was – there's a part of me, I, I never envisioned my career that way, and I never even wanted it. And I had to really have a sit-down conversation with myself. Hey, like, man. am I going to do this? <laughs> am I, do I really want this? It's real now down there with them six, seven, 300-pound guys uh, that I'm scrabbling around with. So I had to learn how to survive, how to protect myself, how to navigate uh, and be successful – with my size in that 46 at times when I'm in the 46 and then sometimes I'm on the slot receiver. Sometimes I was back deep. So it was really revolved around my skill set. So once I appreciated how that was going to happen, uh, then I really embraced it. So it, it was at first, no way, no how I wanted to be back deep. Like, Hey man, <laughs> my, you know, so it was, it was really weird, but I got used to it. And, uh, really that was part of my success uh, because that scheme works around me. And then all the players, the pass rush behind it. I've never asked you this, which is funny because I've known you seven years. I worked with We're you on air. Worked with you on seven air. years. I'd never ask you this. Uh oh, is this for air? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that the safeties don't get hurt, yeah. and you stay as a cornerback, nickel guy. What do you think happens with your career? I, I, I've never asked you that. Uh, I probably would have been an average player as far as Pro Bowls and all that. Uh, I would have been solid just because of my acumen in, in, in the football yeah. world. Uh, could have been probably a starter if I was in a cover two consistently or, or maybe didn't play a lot of man-to-man because my long-end speed wasn't something that uh, I was a four or five guy all day. I wasn't, you know, when these guys get, the, I'm running strive for strive with somebody, and then all of a sudden 
the ball gets in the air and they got another gear. And I'm like, woo, they pulling away from me. That, that's not good. Well, if I'm at safety, I already got that head start. So now I only have to put that gear into play, you know, for 30 yards. But 30 yards, I feel like I could run with anybody, anybody in the league at the time. Uh, so I probably would have been average, uh, average safety. I was in a just even if I was just safety, I would have been in a different scheme. I would have just been a solid starting safety in the league. Uh, corner, it would it would have been a struggle as you get up there in age and the, these guys getting taller and faster. It would have been a struggle there towards uh, the end. Uh, but I would have found a way. I found ways to cheat and and cheat. You know, basically, I call it cheating uh, to to beat you know the guy in front of you just because I'm competitive like everybody, but I will find a way to make things happen. Whether I was going to hold their arm when they go up to make a play, sure. they were 6'3", and they could out-jump me. Uh, they holding their, you know, waist, hitting their arm in stride to slow their stride, you know, frequency. I mean, all these things I learned as a player to help me uh, be successful. Yeah. Oh, everybody was faster than me in basketball. I, I, I'd always I'd keep my hands down and hold the guy's shorts that I was guarding. You can't run away from me if I've got your shorts. But I, did, I, I didn't do it, obviously. I, you know, down low, I get right next to them, grab the hem of their shorts, things like that. <laughs> yeah, kept people yeah, those are some speed. of the things I'm talking about. The survival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But one, one thing I can say, really, the, the core of, of all of my success really in football was just my passion and love for the game. It, it really is. And I, I became a student of the game and just studied it uh, and found all the teachers. Just like, you know, the Titans ran that lead draw the other day. It's the uh, – Patriots with, with Hilliard and he took off, right? Yep. Well, they had never run that before with, with Henry, really. Not, not as much as they did. I mean, it, well, I would have known by studying them if he was one half of an inch yard closer to the quarterback. Because if he's wider and he's right behind the tackle or a little outside, he wants to get out for a pass route. Sure. So those are the little things that I would study throughout the time to give me the cheat. And then to take it to the next level is to identify when you get in the game. Now, that's and, a whole other level. But trust yourself, too. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other thing. And, and that's why I watch so much film is that I trusted my keys and reads, and then I, when you turn on the tape, you, I look like I'm the fastest guy on the field because as soon as I see it, I read it. And so some right. people say, oh, we can get him on play action pass. Well, you can't get me because I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I know what I'm looking at. I mean, I could take a false step. Right. But I can recover. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that was every week was a different challenge in what to look at for my keys and reads in each defense against their offense. So they, they, I, I never got got. That's just how I looked at it. I, you know, I got beat sometimes. I got to recover. Sure. But, Everybody uh, gets beat sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wasn't alone in that. So for sure I got beat. So, <laughs> so yeah, but watch this. But it wasn't that many times. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Doug Matthews, he doesn't get beat. Uh, he joins us next. We'll talk Tennessee Vols with the uh, longtime Vols assistant. Uh, season's wrapped up. Bowl season coming up. Players coming, going. Lots to get to next uh, with the coach, Doug Matthews, right here on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We are at T-Mobile, 3800 Hillsborough Road. Here's the other thing. There's a taco truck, and we are absolutely destroying some tacos right now. Uh, Pie Town Tacos, you want to come by here? I mean, yeah, buy a phone. Uh, get the tacos, too. I, we highly recommend. I'm not sure exactly what we're eating. I think it's chorizo. Whatever it is, it's good. Uh, hey, have we got uh, Coach on with us? We good to go on that? All right, Brent. Uh, let's bring in Coach Doug Matthews. Coach, how in the world are you doing on this 70-degree uh, December uh, Thursday afternoon? Well, doing very well. I was down at the uh, 
58 hits in the game. He's driving back, just going past Mon Eagle, which many Middle Tennesseans will know all about. Stopped and had a nice little uh, sandwich and uh, ready to do a little show. But, yeah, it's an absolutely gorgeous day to play football. Uh, there are people there in shorts and short sleeve shirts. <laughs> and uh, good ball. Well, I say it's a good ball game. It was a. It was a uh, interesting ball game. Lipscomb just so much better, uh, and obviously, uh, win the state championship. They two games they uh, shut CPA out. A very very good t- CPA team uh, shut them out twice. So uh, congratulations to them. They played very well. Very well coached. Got a lot of good players. Well, you got uh, high school kids playing for state championships. You got college kids getting ready to play for national championships or bowl games. As it were, not sure yet where the Vols may be headed. I, I know we talked a couple of weeks ago and I asked you, were there any rumbling? You said, well, not really at that time. Is there anything that you're hearing right now, bowl game-wise, how it might turn out? Not really, but, you know, I haven't really kept up on that. A lot of it will have to do with what happens uh, in, in Saturday's game. If yeah. Alabama can win, then in all likelihood there's going to be two Southeastern Conference teams to go to the college football playoff, that, of course, would move, bump everybody up a bowl. If Alabama loses, I think the assumption is probably they will not get in, and then uh, either either them or Ole Miss, in all likelihood, would, would go to the Sugar Bowl. But, uh, you know, Tennessee, I think, has put themselves in a pretty good position. Uh, the fact that, that they're playing at a bowl game is really what's important, and more so than even winning a bowl game is uh, for this particular team in this particular program, I should say, is the fact that they're going to have a mini spring practice. They'll have another 12 to 15 practices. And, sure. you know, I've kind of changed my thinking on bowl games way back when, uh, back in the 50s and then the early 60s, bowl games were not even part of the national championship picture. They declare those before the bowl games right. uh, because they were meant to be rewards. And, other than the big bowls, you know, the Sugar Bowl and the and the, uh, the Power Five bowl games and certainly the playoff games, I I still kind of feel like that. You know, these young men have, after going through last year and then this year, uh, just to go have a reward, I I know winning is important, and I know they'll all say that, but uh, it's it's much more my my view right now, especially if you got a team like Tennessee who's. Uh, you know, has really had a good year, more of a reward. If you can get a win there, fine, but that's that's not the important thing, at least the way I see it. Well, and if you do wind up playing at home, let's say the Music City Bowl or even the Liberty Bowl, um, playing in-state might help Hypo with this, you know, building the fence around some in-state recruits, which is something he talked about the day he got hired. It wouldn't be even a terrible thing to play a bowl within the state lines of Tennessee this year for those reasons. No, that's true, and uh, I think uh, Coach Heupel right now is concentrating on the 2023 class, not so much the 2022 class. They're they're pretty Tennessee's pretty much locked in to take an eight, ten, maybe even more from the transfer portal. So that'll that'll limit them somewhat on uh, on how many high school players they could take. Another thing, of course, what's going to happen with the NCAA situation? Don't know on that, but. Uh, uh, I think uh, it would be really good for recruiting, but I think most of the players would probably rather go to Florida uh, or somewhere <laughs> like that. But, yes. <laughs> but but you know what? They don't get a vote. Coach Doug Matthews, he always gets a vote with us. He's brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office each and every week here on 
Plane and Mickey. Designate before you celebrate. It's a holiday season, remember? Designate before you celebrate because fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Coach Doug Matthews with Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach, I'd love to get your opinion on the structure of NCAA as far as uh, college football with the coaches. And that is, you know, when you see, you know, Brian Kelly leave with your team still in contention to, to impact and maybe have a sh- shot at uh, winning a championship. Do you like the way it's structured? Do you have any idea if you wanted to change it? What would they be? Just kind of take us through your thoughts on how you, you view this. And with the early signing period of the 17th, does it force them to have to leave sooner than later? I, I, I don't know. How do you see it? Blaine, and I think you, that what you just touched on there at the end is exactly why. The, the new signing date. Uh, now it's it's in December. This year's December the fifteenth. So we're looking at what oh. uh, less than two weeks, or right at two mm-hmm. two, two weeks uh, from uh, fr- from when we're talking right now. I think that's the thing that has changed. Not only coaches leaving quickly, like like uh, uh, and and you know that was a little bit different situation for Coach Kelly, but you know but. Him leaving quickly, and also on the other side, we've seen coaches uh, or universities, athletic departments fire, you know, LSU, Southern Cal being two of those because they know they needed to get somebody in place. If you don't, mm. you're you're gonna you're gonna lose an entire recruiting season. When when the signing date was was in February, you know, you could get a coach in, get him in December, get everything taken care of uh, from a, a procedural standpoint. And then go out and recruit, but that's not true anymore. And we've, uh, I think that the hard thing for certainly it's not hard, but it's it's so much different for me is that things have changed so very very much. Uh, the the landscape of college football has changed so much. Shooting the last five years, much less mm-hmm. last, last ten or fifteen, twenty years, and uh, because of that, everybody's kind of adapting and. Quite honestly, I'm not sure that even athletic directors nor coaches know exactly, you know, what to do. Uh, they're kind of feeling their way right now with the transfer portal, the name, image, likeness, the early signing date. You know, all those things are kind of tying in, and I think they're kind of getting their feel of right. There's going to be some mistakes made, but but uh, you know, there's it's, in, in the end, that's where we're headed. So yeah. You have to certainly be able to adapt if you're going to coach at any time, but especially in today's uh, days era of college football. Well, let's stay with uh, college football, and that is what, which, uh, I guess, coach move were you more surprised, Lincoln Riley or, or, or Kelly? Hey, ask me that again. I'm sorry. Which coach's move were you more surprised uh, about, whether it was uh, Lincoln Riley or, or Brian Kelly uh or just even I, fit. I guess you know what are your thoughts on that. I think I think Brian Kelly would would be the one. I I think most coaches just kind of assumed. You know, he just became the uh, this year, this season the uh, all time wins leader at Notre Dame. Now just go back and read the list of guys <laughs> coached at Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, great coaches. You know, uh, but uh, uh, Riley's thing. I think there were several things involved in that, but. Even though he's denied it and many others out there have, I, I truly believe that, number one, he was not in favor of coming into the Southeastern Conference, leaving the Big 12. He was not mm. in favor of that. Now, he didn't have a big say in it, uh, but he wasn't in favor with it. And I think some of it that had to do with that. And quite frankly, it's it's easier 
to get to the college football playoffs. He'll he'll have an easier time winning 10, 11, 12 games at Southern Cal. Won't be easy, but he'll have an easier time than coming into this conference now. And I think he realized that, and I think that was part of it also. But uh, but I'd say Brian Kelly. I most people thought. I mean, Kelly's been what to the playoffs three times. He's had what three straight 10 plus win seasons. But you know, Notre Dame, it's a different place. I, re- I truly respect the way that university handles their athletic programs, but you know, they're, they're, they're not going to join a conference that hurts you. Uh, they are, uh, you know, their facilities are, they're, they're nice, but they're not what the top probably 15, 20 programs in the country have more than that. Academics, they're not gonna. They'll they'll give a little on that, but not a whole lot. So, but the, and they're not going to change. So, uh, so I, I think all that had a had an upper had an opportunity. And he's going he's going to a great area. Listen, LSU, they've had three head football. The last three head football coaches that they've had have have all won a national championship in in the play in the uh in the in, in, in one in the playoff era but the other two since we've gone through essentially a playoff and now the other part about that is two of the three were fired so uh <laughs> you know it's kind of a double-edged sword down there yeah no doubt about it we're on with the coach doug matthews and i guess one more going into i guess with hypo and uh Let's settle all the Tennessee uh, fans down. I think they are now, but man, you don't think there's any possibility he's going to Oklahoma or anything like that, right? I think there's a possibility. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, you know, from my conversations with him over the last few months, I know he's he's very happy at Tennessee, and I think he know he certainly knows that that uh, that he can build a program there. Uh, the athletic director there is someone he's very close to, uh, but you know I've, I've been around long enough to know too that when when the play you play, the place your your coat your play at comes calling, uh, you at least have to listen. I have no idea if he is or not. And the other part of it is I don't know where he stacks from from Oklahoma's viewpoint. You know, or is is he uh, is he? I'm sure he's someone they're looking at. I'm not sure he would be the first choice or second choice don't know that but uh you know heck heck blame and mickey you guys nothing surprises me anymore and right. when coaches coming and staying because there's no loyalty in most instances and and i don't mean that in a bad way but listen uh let's just take lincoln riley if lincoln riley had two bad years in a row that oklahoma would fire him you know i mean we've seen it we, you see it all the time, and it's because of all the money that these guys are making. You know, when you're making six, eight, ten, shooting out, but it's about ten million dollars a year. You're not going to get three or four or five years. You're not going to get two or three bad years in a row. You know, they're going to make a change. And with all the money that's in the sport now, uh, these athletic directors. You know, I know that some say, "Well, boy, you have big buyouts." They factor those things in, and you know. When you when you have 125, 135, 150, in some instances as close to 200 million dollar budgets, I guess you can afford to, to to pay off a guy, you know, if he's not producing. But uh, that's that's kind of the world we live in right now. No doubt about it. We're on with the coach, Doug Matthews. Coach, always an interesting time. We're talking about coaches and their money. Well, there's you know young people the chance to go pursue their money on a professional level. Lante Taylor made his decision, going to prepare for the senior bowl in the draft. 
Cedric Tillman got to make a decision. Hendon Hooker's got to make a decision. It's going to be interesting to me to, to see how things kind of turn out for those guys. Yeah, not surprising that uh, uh, that Alante did that. What a what a great career he's had. Uh, and you know, in any other in other any other era, he wouldn't have had an extra year anyway. Uh, it's a COVID year; they're all talking about. Uh, he certainly has the skills to play at the next level, uh, and he's been a tremendous leader and player for Tennessee. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, T- I, Tillman and and Hooker, and I have nothing other to base this on except what uh, what what I think the future is for this Josh Heupel offense. I suspect both of those players will be back. Uh, Hooker uh, had a phenomenal year. I mean, a phenomenal year. And, uh, you know, we've heard – I know that Coach Heupel has visited with both – well, he's visited with all these guys, but he and Tillman both. I would suspect both are back. You know, Tillman really – uh, really, under Coach Cody Burns this year, boy, he really developed into a fine player. Uh, you know, and, and if one of them was going to leave, I think it'd probably be Tillman. But again, I, I, I think, feel like both of them will probably be back for another year. Uh, Jerome Carvin, a guy who said that he was coming back, that's huge for the offensive line. There's, there are, uh, of all the players that played this year, all but six, or maybe it's seven six or seven, could come back. Carvin was one of those. And, boy, that is a big addition. Listen, Cooper Cooper Mays, uh, Spragans, uh, and Carvin, center and both guards, those are three. And, and listen, Cooper Mays got better and better as the year went on. So does Spragans. They're, they're both sophomores. Boy, you talk about good nucleus of, of three good players in there. You got right at left tackle there. I don't think Cade Mays will come back. Don't know that he will. But don't think he will. But they they've had some players kind of come along there. But but when you when you line up with a center and two guards, you know, pro football tackles are more important. In in college football, much of the time, your center and your two guards are more important. And I shouldn't say more important, but but maybe more valuable would be the way to put it. Uh, and and Carvin coming back is a big deal. And I think there's going to be some announcements of other seniors uh, who who are going to come back also. Coach Doug Matthews, our guest, courtesy of the Tennessee Highway Safety Office on Blaine and Mickey. Coach, um, 13 of 14 SEC teams bowl eligible. One of the things you talked about a couple of weeks ago was just how good a job some of the new coaches have done, guys like Shane Beamer, to get his team to that point. What do you think when you see that? Literally every team in the league but Vandy made a bowl game. I mean, ultimately, I see parity more than anything. Certainly the – what – would be the middle to bottom half of the of the of the teams that we've seen play in the last uh, in the last three or four years. All of those got better. I mean, you you can make a case. I'm not a big coach of the year guy uh, because it's so difficult. But you know, you can make a case for for seven or eight coaches uh, in this league that just have done a wonderful job. I mean, Arkansas and Sam Pittman, what he's done over there this year, yeah. excellent second year coach. Certainly, Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, and what he's done. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, South South Carolina. Shane Beamer's, you know, that for that team to get the six wins this year, when Tennessee played them earlier, they they looked terrible, but he he got them to six wins. And uh, you know, Kentucky, even though they they maybe didn't get to where 
a lot of their fans thought they had a chance. They they've had a great year this year. Uh, Mississippi State. I mean, I'm I'm probably leaving some out down there, but uh, uh, you know, there's 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 really been, and you know what? At least I see, or I think I see, all those programs that I mentioned are are getting better and better. They're com- they're 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 competitive now, and uh, I think we see that in in the overall records. You know that uh, those teams now, you know they can beat you. And uh, this this league, from that standpoint, is getting better and stronger. And I put a lot of that, quite frankly, on the fact that there's some really good head coaches that have been hired in this league. And I th- and and I think Clark Lee Jr. will do a really good job of them, but the best he can there. They've, you know, they they didn't win a conference game, but but they 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 really got hit hard. They're, they quite frankly weren't very talented this year. And I think hopefully uh, Clark will be able to get get that moving in the right direction. That's yeah. that's a little bit bigger hill as we all know probably small mountain would be better better choice of words than than these other programs sure well and uh you know a guy with experience there he he knew what he was getting into played there so uh be interesting to see what happens with him for sure as he gets some time to build the program just on the way out wanted to ask you this georgia and alabama this weekend so many people are looking forward to that game obviously if you're greg sankey you probably want alabama Probably want Alabama to win so you can get two teams in the playoffs. But how do you think it's going to look on Saturday, Coach? Well, everything that I've seen tells me Georgia. You know, just think about this: Georgia played. Forget about the non-conference games, uh, although they held Clemson to three points. The eight conference games that they played this year, four of them scored seven or less points. That's half of them. Uh, the other four, the most that was scored on them was by Tennessee, 17. So they gave up 14 points or less in every single Southeastern Conference game that they played. And there were many of those scores that happened in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much over. So this is an outstanding defense. Uh, Alabama is going to have to play exceptionally well. But, you know, you, you, you put all that together. And then you realize this, too, and Blaine certainly knows this from the teams that he's played on. The one thing that Alabama knows is this. Alabama knows that they can beat Georgia. And I think uh, one of the, the, the that last drive against Auburn where they had to win that game to get in, uh, well, to, to be able to stay in the college football playoff, to drive 97 yards when you hadn't done anything all day long, Mm. And to score, uh, you know, the winning touchdown, that's, 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 uh, uh, or gets you in a position to, to, to win the game. That's big time. And, and Alabama certainly, every, every player on that team, by the way, has, uh, has beaten Georgia. That's plays. Every player that's played has beaten Georgia. Having said that, I think Georgia will win. Mm-hmm. But that's still a mental hurdle, Coach. Great point yep. that they have to get over and believe and get it done. They have to get it done first, though. Yep. You know, Blaine, you, 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 you have to uh, – I, I don't ever like to use the phrase that people don't understand because that's not true. But but until you've been either a player and a player and a coach in those situations, listen, when you get when you spent two or three years and you had your butt kicked, yep. you know, you can talk about all you want to, but you, the thing you know is you remember getting your butt kicked. You know? <laughs> now, that can be motivation, but it also can be, you know what, I've been down this road with these guys before, and uh, uh, but Georgia is so talented. They're so good up front. Good gosh, they're 
their 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 upfront defense is just phenomenal, and I think Alabama's going to have a tough time moving the ball on them. Yep, NFL team there, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The coach, hey, great stuff. Thanks as always for the time. Always love catching up with you. Drive safe on the way back from those uh, championship games, you, coach. You bet, and we'll talk next uh, next Thursday. That Appreciate sounds it, coach. awesome. Uh, Tennessee Highway Thanks. Safety Office coach Doug Matthews, football Saturday, Big Orange Sunday. You can always catch him right here on the zone. You can catch us wrapping up the show next. Let's get into a little bit of this Hand and Hooker quarterback talk. A couple things we can uh, share with you on that. So next, Blaine and Mickey, 1045 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Again, 3800 Hillsboro. There's a brand-new cool T-Mobile store, and it's a beautiful day, and you could come by here, and you could see us for the next segment. But then uh, you got 3HL coming up next. They'll be here till 6. We'll be here tomorrow, too. So if you want to buy somebody the gift of awesome T-Mobile or uh, the gift of technology, that's such a big thing now. So why not just come by here and just fill up your gift bag and then forget all about it. It's December 2nd. You could be done with your shopping at one T-Mobile store. And these folks are healthy. I've been watching the way they interact with their customers. They're great. They answer their questions. They show them all the different products. I mean, I'm talking, but I'm listening, too, while we're here. They've done a fantastic job handling all the people who have come in, and they'll do a fantastic job handling you. So shout-out to T-Mobile for having us here today and tomorrow. And uh, we're going to be here again 1 to 6, so we're looking forward to that. Also appreciate T-Mobile helping us this year with uh, our toy field, which is – the best day that we have at the radio station every year. Let's say you're in anywhere near Green Hills. You could actually come by and drop off your toy today. Then you don't have to drop it off on Tuesday. We've got a bin where you can donate that. Pie Town Tacos uh, is here today until 4. And Daddy's Dogs will be here tomorrow from 1 to 4. Daddy's Dogs. You know me and hot I'm dogs, make sure I'm tacos, not gonna eat, I'm not pizza. Eat I didn't eat today. I was pretty hungry oh, by the time my stuff showed I, up. I ate it anyway. <laughs> I was you powered through three tacos. Yeah, I did. So, Hidden Hooker. Has been in college five years. Yeah, that's 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 another reason why He's I said five years. Yeah. I mean, COVID, so he could have another. Here's the thing I didn't realize about him until I looked it up. He's six four. No, he's a big guy. Two eighteen. I, Re- I knew it was really I, agi- he needs to probably get a little thicker for the NFL. The, the durability part of it, I think it would be a little bit of concern, but I don't think he'd be running like that. No, because no. once you start running the NFL, they hit the kill. Oh yeah, they're going uh, to, and, it, and it won't be like they want to see the, the next guy. Yeah, 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 hit you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see number two. Yep. Uh, so I, I firmly believe that, uh, and I, and I know everybody wants to come back, but I'm looking at his own best interest. He needs to come out. Sorry, sorry, UT fans. He needs to come out. I mean, he may stay. If he does, that means he got misinformation. Somebody deceived him. I know what I'm seeing. He's guaranteed a backup guy in the NFL immediately. And I, I think after having a one good year, what's really good. Here's how you make your decision also. Why should you come back? Tell me one good reason, and I'll have a retort for it. Oh, because you'll have a better record. Oh, you can have more yardage. Uh, oh, you can go to a better bowl. You're not going to win a national championship. So there, there is no better bowl. Guess what? That's all risky for you. You just saw it this year. You got banged up, and you run around a little bit. So, yeah, that means that <laughs> – then you should come out, especially if you got the numbers he's got. He, he showed that he could be disciplined in a great scheme. It's going to inflate his numbers and everything else uh, another year, but at this time you want, you're delaying the inevitable, also risking 
injury. And oh, by the way, just say if you get injured, then all of a sudden we all know how this cycle goes. Just how did he get the starting job? Mm-hmm. Injury by the starter. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we don't know where Milton would be next year if he got an opportunity. He may grow and learn and continue to get better himself. Take it wise high. He is, like I said, fifth year he spent. He was in college four years before he came here to Tennessee. So, yeah. so five years. So. One of the articles I read about him said Mel Kuyper had him as number seven quarterback on his board. Mm. And I looked and looked and looked. So I, I could not find that, but I, one of the articles that I read said he's currently seventh on Mel Kuyper's board. I saw a list that had him as the eighth. So I was like, okay, just let's look at last year's draft. One, Trevor Lawrence. Two, Zach Wilson. Three, Trey Lance. Fourth quarterback pick was Justin Fields. The fifth quarterback pick was Mac Jones. That's all first-round picks. Five guys went in the first round. Well, every year is a new year. Right. Depending and, on how good the quarterbacks are. And you said this yesterday, which is 100% true. If anybody reaches on any position ever, it's quarterback. It's quarterback. And so so all these guys, that's all first. So that was five through mm-hmm. Mac Jones. Six, Kyle Trask. Seven was Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond was the third-round pick as the seventh quarterback. So you go, okay. Davis Mills was I the I think eight. he's, I'm going to just say this. He's better than Kellen Mond, and he's better than, in my mind, I know Trask had a heck of a year. I think he's better than uh, Trask because of his mobility. He can make all those throws that uh, Trash can make, and he has not as much mobility. So, yeah, I, I think so. He, I think he's ahead of Trash. Davis Mills was number eight. Projected in the NFL. Yeah. Different in college. Sure. So you can be a better college player and another guy be a better pro player than you. We have Jackson on the line from Smyrna. Hey, Jackson, give us about 30 seconds, and then we got to give it up to uh, Babs and uh, our, our power forward here. What you got, Jackson? Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about Hinn Hooker, man. And, Mickey, I agree with you that he might go a little early. But what I was going to say with the NIL deals, how much money could he really lose? Even being a backup in the NFL, it's not like he's going to get a whole lot of money to get drafted at the position that he would get drafted at. Agree or disagree? Well, the, and that's a great point. Is people always say, okay, you can make money within a NIL right now. The base salary in the NFL is like four sixty. Then the next year it's five seventy. Then the next year, well, that's that's not counting even signing bonus. Sure. So yeah, but the the risk is what you're missing. That is that the possibility they can get injured. Nothing can you won't get it back. You won't get it back. And the way he was running around out there, that the that's that's how highlight like he's playing football. So NIL can NIL can't pay him enough. Can't pay him now. You can get a million dollar deal and he can make a million dollars. Already be ahead of the curve on learning the NFL game and learning the system and showing what he can do. We showed you what we could do. Now it's time for uh, Babs and Ron to show you what they can do because 3HL is coming up next. 3800 Hillsborough Road, T Mobile. Come by and see them. I'll come back again and do it tomorrow on a beautiful Friday. But today's a beautiful Thursday. Yeah, and as always, Mickey, you know it. Peace! Peace.